deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Dun, dun, dun. You know it's a good day when we start with some judgment passages. Absolutely. <laughs> Judge away. See, and I say we because I'm over here and Lou is over there. Either. And we're here to tell you that you can't convert the world by working with it. If you can't beat them, join them? No? No, no. If you can't join them, beat them. Oh, that's even better. Yes. I like that. The beating shall continue, or no, the excommunication shall continue until morale improves. Nice. Or the beating shall continue until morale improves. When in doubt, get a bigger Bible. See, we're getting you all the life advice today. I'm getting there. No, in all seriousness, what are we talking about? We'll, we'll, I, have, I have a fun story for you today that we are going to read, hopefully in light of a fruitful idea. And what I mean by that is, you are stuck, Christian living in a fallen, sinful world. Them's the breaks, kid. It's just, you, you didn't do it. Well, well, you didn't do all of it. Right. You, you but you didn't help it, any either. So I, I, guess we're, I guess we're all Billy Joel today. We didn't start the fire. <laughs> it's been always burning since the world's been turning. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. You're welcome. Yep. So, but, but you didn't make it any better, but now in Christ, you are seeking to actively not make it worse. I think that's legitimate ground ground laying down, but you are still stuck living in a world that is broken. So how, therefore, do you deal with this broken world? Well, hopefully we've got some ideas. We're going to start with Ephesians chapter 5. So I just started there with verse 6. So if you're following along at home, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So all right, stop. This is one of those recurring themes in your Bible. Don't be a nitwit. And I mean, I don't mean that to be mean to you, but don't be deceived with empty words. You have been empowered by God. You are being strengthened and guided by the Holy Spirit. You have been redeemed of Christ. You have a brain that is capable of evaluating and thinking through the conundrums and presentations of the world around you. Therefore, you are required under heaven to use it. You don't get to flip the off switch and just, you know, you know, hum, and figure out the planet as you go. You're supposed to actively be thinking about things so that when these sons of disobedience come upon you and give you their empty words, why are their words empty? Because they're not pointing to life. They're only pointing to destruction. They are liars from the beginning, just like their father, the devil, John 8, 44. So because they are that, you should hear these words and go, you know, I don't think I want to go in that direction. As a matter of fact, I think that is directly opposed and diametrically opposite of exactly what Christ has taught me to do. Therefore, no. Right. No, 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 no. I mean, looking at the passage, I can, <laughs> I can see why you chose it, but I thought it was interesting because it, it speaks almost, I, I don't want to give it no, away. No, go ahead, go ahead. But it, it speaks almost exactly to the type of 
issues that we're having with the article that we're gonna we're going and, to talk and about. That's why this is important. We've got to build that foundation, or right. you know, construct our scaffolding before we tackle this issue, because there are a lot of potholes and dangers in in this in this discussion. So that's why we want to make sure we have a solid foundation. So first step here, Christian, use your noodle. Okay, uh-huh. it is empowered by the Holy Spirit, right. redeemed by Christ, given to you by God, so that you would actually utilize it. My, my kids' new favorite joke, they've been watching, we've been watching all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Oh. And in one of the movies, the, there's this part where Johnny Depp is having dreams about himself. And in one of the dreams, he's being eaten by a ship, basically. And he's like only part of himself. And all of a sudden, he goes, wait a minute. Nobody move. I dropped me brain. <laughs> <laughs> my kids will do that in the middle of the room now. They're saying, nobody move. I dropped me brain. Christian, you don't get to drop me brain. Yeah. You got to use it, okay? Right. So this is your first step. Do not let no one deceive you. Therefore... So because you're using your noodle, because you're paying attention to the world, you're not following along. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So in other words, because you know who you is, and you know who they is, you don't be like them. Are you confused yet? Yeah, no, I... (laughs) I can do harder. No, you're good. You're good. I'm just... Again, the context is so amazing. This is so important in sanctification. You have to, have to, have to, have to, have to, have to, be conscious of your new nature. And the reason why that's such a big deal is because if you are not, you're going to wind up in that Hebrews 12 discipline of the Lord a lot. A lot. And I don't know about you, but my goal as a kid was not getting in trouble. Right. It didn't mean I didn't do anything. It just meant I didn't want to get in trouble. Or get caught. Well, that was, that's what I was getting at. So yeah. I tried to be clever enough to not get caught. But here's the problem. The person doing the discipline now is God. Right. And he sees, yeah, he sees your heart. He sees there, your intentions. There, there's, there's, no no, there's no not getting caught. Right. So if you're not actually paying attention and actively seeking after sanctification, you're going to find yourself in that discipline place a lot because God loves you enough to discipline you and not allow you to just wander willy-nilly as one of his children in your sin. So you have two options here. You can do it the hard way. And look, if you're just determined, God bless you because somebody's got to. But I think it makes a lot more sense to actually cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit and figure this stuff out. The first step in cooperating with the Holy Spirit in your sanctification is thinking through the world biblically. Thinking through how you function and why you function that way. The fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. This is what you do in life, is you're evaluating and thinking through because you recognize that you are no longer the sons of disobedience. You are no longer sharing in the empty words. (coughs) Now this becomes very important because again, you are still warring against yourself. As Paul so beautifully uh, talks about in Romans 7, you have inclinations and desires and old habits that need to be broken and reformed and remade. Therefore, you can't go on autopilot because do you know what happens when you do? You fall into every old habit you've ever had and you end up in the same thing you've always been in. What's the, de- what's the uh, definition of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? That's insanity. Yes. Christian insanity is, ooh, 
I'm living like the world, doing everything the way the world tells me to do, and I'm wondering why I'm not growing in sanctification and holiness. Ooh, ooh, pick me, pick me. I know, I know, I know. Well, yeah, I mean, but what, what does Paul say? The very first thing he says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. So we're not supposed to be imitating the world. Oh, I know. But we do, Christians end up imitating the world because they're not thinking. Right. They're not right, applying. Right. They're not walking around with their eyes wide open. It's a bad Stanley Kubrick film. We're walking around eyes wide shut. There's your second shut. bad pop, pop culture reference of the day. Right. It's a weird Tom Cruise movie. I've never actually seen all of it. I've only seen parts of it at the gym. How about, how about that for random television watching? And, and you actually... Would you have headphones? You were just yeah. I'm not. I'm not listening to the movie. I have my headphones in, and I got. I'm weird at the gym. I listen to podcasts and sermons, but mm-hmm. if the TVs are on. I'll watch whatever the movie is, just because it's it helps you when you're doing your cardio. But yeah, I've seen. I've seen most of that movie like at the gym. Oh wow. Yeah, Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, very weird. Very, Don't yeah. be like Tom Cruise. There's your life advice of the day. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we can't live like that. You actually have to look at the world honestly openly, and then evaluate your place in it. And when you do, this is what you'll be able to come up with. This is Ephesians 5.11. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. This is important. When you see the sin of the world, you don't go, oh, look, there goes the sin. Shh, let's not upset them and embarrass them. You look, sin! Yeah, right. Because you want to mark out the evil, not follow after it, and do the other thing. Do the opposite. So you do not participate. You do not cozy up. You do not walk with them. Now, are you stuck walking in this world? Yes, Does that mean you walk with them in the manner that they walk, in the direction that they walk? Absolutely, positively not. You can't do it. You just can't. Right. It it always reminds me of being salt and light in Mm -hmm. this world. And by not walking in the precepts of the world, um, we won't lose our saltiness. We won't be good for nothing, like to be trampled underfoot, like Messiah said. So, I mean, I think Paul is really saying the same thing, isn't he? Yeah, there's nothing new under the sun here. For this reason, it says, awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is what you want. You want to wake up feeling like you know what you're doing. How do you get there? Because you're actually thinking about what's going on. You're actually actively working through the thought processes and temptations of your life, putting to death the sin. In other words, choosing the better thing. Why? Because you have the mind of Christ. You can evaluate these things rightly. You can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You can identify what's going on, and you can walk differently. Now, that's quick running down a foundation. Now, I want to build out on this a little bit, because this is the thing that always gets people messed up. I, I, I just Before we started, I just told you the story. I'm going to tell them this part, too. All right. So years ago, I was preaching through um, Second John, and since I always mess this up, I'm actually going to pull up Second John while I'm saying this. And 
Many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. We get that. Watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God, and the one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house and do not give him a greeting. For the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. And I had somebody come up to me after going through that little section and be like, so do, who do I hang out with and who do I don't hang out with? Like, you missed it. Mm-hmm. Like that whole part where I was telling you that the house is the church because that's who the letter's written to, don't receive them into the fellowship. You, know, you missed that part. But this is the thing that we mess up on so often as human beings. You know what I want? You know what I want more than anything else? I want a list. Yeah, I'm, I'm like that too. Give me a list of stuff. You're not alone. You're like 90% of humanity. Yeah. Give me a list of stuff. Tell me what I'm supposed to do, when I'm supposed to do it, and I'm going to be fine. Right. This is why any business you've ever worked in, the first thing they give you when you get hired is your checklist of stuff to make sure you do your job right. Some places do. Yeah, most places still do. Yeah, the place I'm at doesn't. And well, they, you also have a, a little bit different yeah, job. But, but they have these crazy tests to try to figure out what kind of person you are. Yeah. And I'm one of those people that like structure and lists. And I'm not one of those people that like to improvise on the fly unless I'm very comfortable with what I'm doing. Yeah. And so that, that's, that's well, look, I don't again, like But you that. also live in a computer world. So yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, like, if you work in any, tar- any type of manufacturing, mm-hmm. any type of service industry, sure. you have a checklist. Right. Even, even wait staff who are doing nothing but bringing you drinks have a checklist of stuff. Right. When you go to the table, you bring the drink, you check the napkin, you look at the glass. You, you, there's a list of stuff that you just train yourself to do over and over and over again. And that's when you're like, he's such a good waiter. He's so amazing at this. No, he's just got his list memorized. He's done it long enough right. that he's not missing anything on the list. Right. Start talking to him, having a conversation with him. He's liable to miss something on his list, and now he's no good anymore. No, he just missed something on his list. This is humanity. Right. Christianity annoys people because it doesn't give you a list. We want it to give us a list, but it doesn't give you a list. So we've got to figure out, where is this line? What do you mean, okay... So you so let's just rightly interpret Second John here. Alright, All right, so don't invite him into your house. Okay. Letter written to the to the chosen lady and her children, so it's a letter written to a church. So don't invite him into your houses, don't invite him into your fellowship. So does that mean we don't let the unbelievers come into church? That's no, that's definitely not the point. But people think that because what's my where's my list? It says don't invite him into the house, so bar the unbelievers at the door. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. You can't come in here. No mo. No, that. Even all southern on I did. I don't know why, but it, it felt appropriate, okay? And we're being guided by how we feel today. <laughs> if, you ever, if you ever hear me say that with a straight face, you know something's going terribly wrong. Something's I've had wrong. a stroke. Call the ambulance. You know, there's, there's problems here. But no, what does Paul mean when he says don't invite them? Or Paul, what does John mean when he says don't, don't invite them in? means do not be a do not associate oh so we can't talk to the unbeliever now either no it means do not make them a part of your fellowship you can talk to them you can evangelize them you can have dinner with them you can wait for it be friends with them they can come in and hear the word preach they can see the pro the processes of your service performed but they are not your people that's where that line is now that's an easy one Let's maybe expand this out because this is something we're going to have to start thinking through again as Christians because it's, it's getting to that place again and again and again. I have gone on record numerous times and said I'm not a big boycott person. One, I don't have the time and energy to think through 
the 4,000 companies a day some Christian tells me I have to boycott. Yeah, that, it's, there, it's there was a definitely. stretch where it's like if I was if I was keeping up with all the Christian boycotts, like I can't grocery shop anywhere, and it's like I, you know what I haven't got the time to you know farm my own fields and, and you know shepherd my own herds at this Life point. Would be so much simpler. <laughs> Agreed, but I hadn't got that kind of time or that kind of inclination to be perfectly honest. Yeah. So I've never I've never been a boycott person. Now the main reason I've never I've never been a boycott person is because that's part of the difficulty in drawing the line. So. Let's use a, a good example of this one, which I think is Girl Scout cookies. Girl Scout cookies, great example of this. Do you remember the big kerfluffle over Girl Scout cookies like five, six years ago? Or was it ten years ago at this point? Oh, jeez, I don't remember. Oh, no. Churches were telling you that you are a bad person for buying Girl Scout cookies. Okay. Okay, Girl, Scouts are, Girl Scout cookies were evil. All right? They're not good for you, but... Well, I know, but that, not, 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 not because of the nutritional value. Right. The reason Girl Scout cookies were evil was because the... Girl Scouts of America, which I don't even think they exist anymore. they just part of Scouts or something. But anyway, it's not the point. Girl Scouts of America took, don- they took money from the cookie sales, and then they gave it to this organization. I think it was the, um, is it the, the Susan, is it Susan G. Coleman Foundation? I, I don't, I really don't remember. Yeah, it's the Susan, yeah. Su- I think it's G, but it's the Susan Coleman Foundation, which does women's issues and breast cancer research and all of that. Okay. Well, the, the Coleman Foundation took some of their money and they donated a large corporate donation that year to Planned Parenthood. Oh, great. So, you can now see the logic, yeah. right? Right, right. So, you buying Girl Scout cookies is giving money to Planned Parenthood. You're evil, don't buy the cookies. Do you feel like you're playing Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon yet? Yes, for sure. (laughs) And look, and I I am sympathetic to that. Yeah, for sure. And this is where I think you have to really stand with Paul, which is like, okay, so you go to the market, and the meat-sacrificed idols is hanging up on the the rack, right? Mm -hmm. And you look at the meat and go, I like that cut. I don't know where it came from, but it's good to eat. There's no problems with it, so I'm going to buy it and eat it. Because I don't know, and I'm not going to live my life playing 20 questions with every merchant. So you buy the meat, and you take it home, and eat it. No harm, no foul. There's no problem here. Now, if the guy flat out tells you, well, we sacrifice this meat at the temple to the idols. Ah! What'd you have to tell me that for? I was going to buy it, and now I can't. Now you got to move on. Now i got to move on, okay? Ah, you're killing me, Smalls. Don't do this to me. All right? Now, likewise, you get the meat. You didn't ask any questions. You cooked it. You served it. And your buddy comes over and he's like, where'd you get that? Oh, I got it at, you know, Joe's Corner Meat Rack. And I, you know, haggled a good price out of him. Well, you know, Joe gets all his money from the temple, right? All his meat gets from the, from the idol sacrifice. No, I didn't know that. Well, does that, then we can't eat it. Well, no, I paid for it. I've cooked it. I'm going to eat it because the idol of that temple is useless. And so that doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Joe's going to give me the best deal. I'm just going to have to live with myself. Mm-hmm. And if you can live with yourself, eat it. Now, when your buddy says, dude, I can't do it. All right, fine. You know what we do? We put that meal away, and we'll, I'll have the leftovers when, when my buddy's not around because I don't want to bug him either. So I have all of these different layers that I have to think through. At the end of the day, though, what's the overriding number one thing in my life? My conscience guided by God. Can you look, at, look into the mirror with a straight face and stand before God and say, I didn't do anything wrong? Hopefully you can. But, I'm saying, but if you can, yeah. then you know what? God bless you. Make your decisions. Right. Now, you have to take this idea and apply this to where your line is 
as far as don't even give them a greeting is concerned in Second John. So how buddy-buddy do you get with the unbeliever that showed up at your fellowship? So, you know, it, it says here in verse 10, it says, If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, mm-hmm. do not receive them. So when these yeah. people are coming in, they're bringing in a, another teaching, Agreed. per se. Agreed. When you tell them, shut up and sit down and listen. Right. Now, what happens if they keep coming back, though? You, you, don't, ever, you yeah. don't ever let them teach. Right. But if they're going to sit there and be quiet, right. Right. it's a good idea to leave them. Now, my question becomes, though, now how buddy-buddy do you get for the rest of time? Because I'm, I'm the one who has numerous times on a Sunday morning flat out told you, mm-hmm. if most of your friends are unbelievers, you probably got an imbalance and a problem in your life. Yeah, very true. If most of your friends are unbelievers, there's probably an out-of-balance, out-of-whack thing going on, and there's a scenario you're probably going to want to go tackle. But at the same token, well, how many unbelieving friends is too many? How much participation uh, is too much participation? It, so, it depends on whether you're trying to be the salt and light again in this, in this example. But Oh, agreed, but, it's, but, but again, I'm, I'm giving you an artificial line saying that most of your friends shouldn't be unbelievers. I agree. Define most. So is it that's one more than do. half? That's, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, that's and so that's why I'm saying this becomes so important. Let no one deceive you with empty words. In other words, you have got to be constantly thinking and doing it, constantly thinking about these things at all times. Because if you're not, you will fall into old patterns and there be dragons. Yeah. So let's go back to the Girl Scout cookie thing for a second. Okay. Does this make sense? Yeah. So I, I don't buy a lot of Girl Scout cookies to begin with. They're, I, they're not great for me, and they're too expensive. <laughs> yeah, the ones that you have on the counter are my kryptonite, I'll oh, tell you right now. Are those, were those the Samoas? I don't even know who brought those. It's, they got, like, uh, the coconut in them. The and, coconut's the worst part of them, though. Coconut's wretched. Oh, man, that's my oh, favorite. Oh, no, you I don't know. are weird. You coconut yeah. people scare me. Yeah, chocolate and coconut, I, I, I can no, eat that no. all day. Coconut people are slightly less than trustworthy. <laughs> I resemble that <laughs> remark, probably, but <laughs> uh, but I, I'm not going to touch them. I'm not going to do it. You can do it. We have faith in you. So... At the same token, though, when people looked at me and said, I love Girl Scout cookies, but I'm not buying them anymore because of how that money got used, I said, okay. And then other people mm-hmm. bought the Girl Scout cookies and had no problem with it. Right. And I understand the people that bought the cookies and had no problem. They're like, I gave my money to this Girl Scout troop. This Girl Scout troop gives some money to Girl Scouts. Girl Scouts gave their money to the Coleman Foundation, and the Coleman Foundation gave money to Planned Parenthood. Okay, there's a, there's a lot of separation there. So let's backtrack a little. Right. What if Girl Scouts gave money directly, not to the Coleman Foundation, but directly to Planned Parenthood? That might be a problem, and it seems counterproductive because you got little women giving money to an organization that doesn't believe that little women should exist. Exist. Louisa May Alcott reference for a thousand Alex. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it seems a little ironic, but I, I, I think I might have a problem with that. Would you look at someone who said they didn't have a problem with it and be like, you know, I'm not sure about you? Because their argument would be, look, I gave my money to this little kid who's part of the local troop. They gave their money to Girl Scouts of America. Girl Scouts of America gave their money in a stupid direction. But I I didn't do that. Yeah, if I had a friend that did, that believed it was okay, I don't think I would judge them in that that case. I, I think I might educate them and let them know, and then maybe the next time they might have more informed decision. Okay, then let's let's remove a layer. Okay. So let's say the local Girl Scout troop takes money and gives it to Planned Parenthood directly. And they come knocking on your door selling cookies. I probably won't buy them. Now, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. You're out. Yeah. Now, your neighbor meets you at church, and he's noshing yeah. on a box of Thin Mints. And you're like, dude, where did you get those cookies? 
He's like, I bought them from the same little kid you said no to. They're like, well, don't you know that the local troop? And he says, yeah, but I gave my money for that little kid. What the troop does with their money is their problem. Yeah, he's kind of passing the buck a little bit, though. I, well, I think so, we need to so take a we, stand in the... Do we have a problem, though? Can we let that slide? Is his conscience clear, or is it starting to slightly be seared? That's what I'm, a- I'm asking. Because I'm thinking about this in real time with you. That's a tough question. I mean, as for me and my family, I decide that we will follow the Lord, and I think that's a bad way to spend your money. Agreed. Uh, given what they're they're trying to do with that. So are so, we are we at a place where like, dude, church discipline might need to start having a conversation because you're literally funding Satan, the, almost directly. Yeah. Are we there? I think so. Oh, I can live that. Now, like, what if the kid takes your money and be like, yay, more money for Planned Parenthood? Give me that. <laughs> Start chucking cookies at the kid as she runs down the street. <laughs> you can dodge a thin mint, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> Sorry. Thin mints are mine. I, I grew up, when I was a kid, my parents used to, when they used to get Girl Scout cookies, I would get, like, one sleeve of thin mints was mine. Because oh, my favorite. Because you can't open the thin mints and not just plow through the whole sleeve. But my, because they come in the two. They used to come in the two little foil things. Right, you, right. You, 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 there's no resealing that foil wrap. Right, right. What's the purpose? So once you open yeah. it, it's it, like it, you might as well just do it like a Pez dispenser and be like, ah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I, after I had COVID, I, I can't really distinguish the taste of mint anymore, and it's. It's like one. It was one of my favorite flavors, you know. Um, I haven't had a thin mint in ages. That's yeah. how now how few Girl Scout cookies I've gotten. So okay. So yeah. This so we would be we'd be sitting there. We might be having to have a conversation at that point. Going okay, dude. No, we got to think this one through. I mean, the local troop is literally taking your money and then just passing it right along to Planned Parenthood. This right. is this is an issue. Now, why do I why do I want to see if we can find out where the line is? Because this is where I want to read our article. Okay. Yeah. All right. As you know. We are a very loosely affiliated SBC church. So you and I are sitting in the sanctuary of a church that has that is just about bare minimum cooperation as a Southern Baptist Convention church. Right. I mean, there there is a le- there is a level of cooperation slightly below ours, but not much. So we are as barely SBC as there is to get. Again, I don't have any problems with the doctrinal statements of the Southern Baptist Convention. I don't have any problems with the doctrinal statements or practices. Mm-hmm. But I do have a problem with a lot of where the directions of things are going. Right. So that's right. so we have been very care, careful and cautious about our our uh, our cooperation with them and where our money goes. This is why. This is a good example of why. Up to two million dollars of cooperative program funds. The cooperative program, if you don't know. Every single Southern Baptist church, well, I won't say every single, but the vast majority of the 40,000, 50,000 Southern Baptist churches give money towards the cooperative program. That's how the Southern Baptist Convention funds its seminaries. That's how it funds um, the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, which shouldn't, shouldn't exist. That's how it funds the International Mission Board and the North American Mission Board. So all of the funding from the Southern Baptist Convention basically comes from the cooperative program. It is the money pooled together by all the small little churches into one big pot and then handed out to these organizations to keep them running. So up to $2 million, it's a lot of money, of cooperative program funds will be paid by the Southern Baptist Convention's executive committee to cover legal fees of its newly retained law firm that supports the Nashville Pride Festival, the LGBTQ Bar Association, and is praised by the Human Rights Campaign as one of the nation's largest LGBTQ organizations. 
So let me put this into a, let me make sense of this. The executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention, the executive committee are the people who distribute the money for the convention. They do, they are, they do the work of the convention when the convention is not meeting. So basically think the trustees of your church is who the SBC executive committee is. Okay. They're going to spend $2 million on a law firm, which they needed to hire a new law firm because their current law firm resigned, and that's a whole different discussion. This law firm supports the Nashville Pride Festival and is one of the most uh, LGBTQ-friendly law firms in the area. Yeah. Bradley Legal was highlighted in human rights campaign material, and the firm has touted the link in several releases. Bradley Legal is pleased to announce that the firm scored a 90 out of 100 on the Human Rights Campaign Foundation's 2022 Corporate Equality Index, the nation's foremost benchmarking survey and report measuring corporate policies and practices related to LGBTQ plus workplace equality. The law firm reported on its website, I am pleased to see the firm's hard work recognized once again in the Corporate Equity, I'm sorry, Corporate Equality Index, said Bradley Chairman of the Board and Managing Partner, Jonathan M. Skeeters. Skeeters. Don't you love the names? Love Bradley Legal meets all of the criteria for human rights campaigns, corporate social responsibility, which would require written guidelines that prohibit the firm's philanthropic support of non-religious organizations that draw distinctions based on traditional sexual morality. The law firm's diversity material shows that it sponsored the 2021 Nashville Pride Festival and Parade, an annual event celebrating the LGBTQ community. Bradley Legal also supported the Human Rights Campaign's Nashville Equality Dinner. The Human Rights Campaign is a major political player in the battle over proposed legislation like the Equality Act at the federal level and the Missouri Non-Discrimination Act. Both threaten First Amendment rights of Southern Baptists. They do. They are now, they've been named interim legal counsel, according to Baptist Press, and so the Alabama-based Bradley Law is stepping into the shoes of longtime convention attorneys Jim Gunther and Jamie Jordan. <laughs> so, a, look, regardless of denominational status, a Christian organization has hired a law firm that is at the top of the alphabet brigades wish list and pat on the back list. I don't, I don't even know. You know, when I read this earlier, um, I, I didn't even know what to say when, when I started to think about the implications of how our organization is aligning themselves with other organizations that are so openly against what we're teaching and preaching that it, 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 you couldn't get any worse than that. So on our scale, would this be the equivalent of the Girl Scout troop directly giving to Planned Parenthood? I, I think I think it would be a close analogy. I, I mean, years ago, I I worked for uh, uh, I worked for Rock Valley College. I'll mm -hmm. just say that. And there was lots of uh, uh, training that the employees and professors had to go through for inclusion, for open and affirming inclusion. Did you learn how evil and white you are? Yes. Okay, good. Um, it was terrible. You and, needed that, but. But there were movies. It was like it was like a, a complete indoctrination program, um, and, and so I, I started researching things, and I and I came across some of these parades that they're talking about oh. in California. Don't look places. at the videos. It's Do terrible. not yeah. look Don't at the videos or the images, especially if there are children present. Right. Like after the kids have gone to bed, um, you, you can maybe research, but be prepared. It is some of the most disgusting display of humanity 
that I have ever seen in my life. You can't unsee it. And, and to see our organization aligning themselves with companies that support this and tout this, I, I, I'm, 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 I, I'm genuinely set back by it. I, I, did, I, I don't I don't. Oh, no, this it. is terrifying. Yeah. Now, then, here's my favorite. This is my favorite part. Um, Executive Committee member Adam Wyatt is a pastor from Maggie, Mississippi, posted this to Twitter. I cannot begin to describe the difference between our current legal counsel and all the other ones we have dealt with previously. The team at Bradley Legal is professional, kind-hearted, and wants us to act with integrity. They clearly understand the SBC. Now, you may, if you're wondering why we needed a new legal team, this has to do with the Houston Chronicle um, report of abuse in Southern Baptist churches, okay. and this is the legal team that's going to walk through a lot of that process and walk the SBC executive committee through a lot of that process, which means these are the people you have hired to make sure you act with integrity in regards to sex abuse and disciplining people and making sure the right people go to jail. That this legal be done, but... Yeah, but this legal team can't be trusted. Right. I mean, how can they be? I mean, you can't be... Again, Human Rights Campaign is not a human rights organization. They're a propaganda organization. So, I want to score low on the Human Rights Campaign Equality Index because it means I don't actually care about the Alphabet Brigade's agenda and what they're trying to do. Right. So the fact that you score a 90 out of 100 means you are down with the struggle of the modern woke movement. And a Christian organization hiring directly another organization or a company that is so closely aligned in value and character is the exact opposite of what Paul is encouraging you to let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Yeah, but if you go back up to the beginning of this passage and oh, yeah. you read what he's talking about, but immorality or any impurity mm -hmm. or greed must not be named among you as is proper among saints. There must be no filthiness and yeah. silly talk. I mean, he's talking about sexual immorality, morality in general. I mean, I mean, this, this couldn't be a better passage for what we're talking about. And yet, what are we doing as an organization? Well, I mean, I say we because we're technically a part. We, um, again, disclaimer, the, the only thing that is actually required to be, there's two steps to being an SBC church. You have to financially contribute to the work of the convention in a calendar year. And you have to not do anything in direct opposition to the doctrinal guidelines. And the doctrinal guidelines are not a robust doctrinal statement. They're, right. again, they're guidelines. Right. Calvinists could sign those guidelines. Arminians can sign those. Dispensationalists, they're loose guidelines. Right. So don't do anything outside of what we would call mere Christianity and give money. So full disclosure, the reason we are still a cooperating church is we gave money not to the cooperative program. We gave money directly to Mission Dignity, which Mission Dignity is a subsidiary of Guidestone. Guidestone is retirement health insurance from the Southern Baptist Convention, but one of the ministries Guidestone has is Mission Dignity. And Mission Dignity is, think, think of it like Social Security for pastors' widows and retired pastors. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I, I don't think so, they could have found a better... No, so I, I, I like that. Yeah. They, 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 have, they, they play a video every year at the convention, this 90-year-old woman or something that they'll find that they, they give, you know, if, you're, if your husband was an a, a SBC pastor and he is, he is passed and a lot of these little old ladies don't have an income. They were, they were pastor's wives for a living for 30, 40, 50 years. Mm -hmm. They will give them a check every month. 
until nice. the day they die. Nice. And so that's where our money went. And because of that, we are still affiliated with the SBC because that is the work of the convention. So none of our money is part of this $2 million. But at the same token, that's still an organization that we claim affiliation with that is directly aligning in a financial way uh, with groups that are diametrically opposed to our values. Not just our values, the direct teachings of Scripture. Right, that's what I was going to say. Our values come from Scripture, and, and, and we're called to be imitators of God. And these people are so far from that, they're imitating the, a, a God, but yeah. not the God. Now, now, there's not a lot I can do about that. No. Christian, figure out where your line is. Yeah. This is why, if, look, if you want to disagree with us on where our line is, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Notice where I, remember where I told you you have to start. Can you stand before God with a clear conscience and say, I am okay with this? Because, again, you have to be in the world. you got to shop somewhere. If you can find a perfectly pure and righteous grocery store, God bless you. Odds are you're going to give your money to somebody who hates you and someone who doesn't share your values and wants to walk apart from you. But if you can avoid directly participating with these things, do it. If you can avoid directly handing over to these things, do it. And if something is this obvious, it should be fairly simple for us to avoid. And I think that's the thing that caught me so much about that article was it's like, this isn't we gave money to a law firm. So it's this is not we hired the lawyers, and the lawyers have given charitable donations to this group, and then this group sponsored the Pride Parade. They're actual sponsors. The law firm is an actual sponsor. And the reason why Nashville is such a big deal is that's where the executive committee is located, is in Nashville. So it's not like you couldn't do five seconds worth of research to figure this out. Right. This was the best vetting we could do. There were no Christian law firms, none, licensed in the state of Tennessee. There was nobody. See, this is what happens when you start looking like the world. Yeah, I have so many questions right along those lines. Yeah. This is the best we could do. Remember, especially for $2 million. Yeah. I, I Give me $2 million. For $2 million, I'll go get certified to, ta- to practice law in, ten na- in Nashville tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> and probably do half this work for, for, for cheaper. But remember where we started. Use your noodle. You have to think and evaluate. Before you just go running into a decision, just, well, this is the way I've always done it, is the world's worst answer to things. Then look, we've asked you this a thousand times. Why? Why are you doing that, Christian? Why are you living like that? Why are you talking like that? Why are you raising your children like that? Why are you shopping at that store? Why are you giving your money to this organization? And look, I'm not asking that to accuse you. I'm asking that because you know who needs to have the answers to those questions? Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. If you don't, you know what you, you know what it isn't coming upon you to do? Just do hey, it. To go go hey, do the work and find out. move. It dropped me brain. Yeah. Go pick up me brain, put it back in me head and think about this stuff for a minute because that is the that is the walk of sanctification that you're doing day in and day out. Is you're evaluating, look, I can't separate entirely from the world. But as you said earlier, we've got to be salt and light. Mm-hmm. which means if I can avoid directly contributing to the evil of this place, I can do it. That's why, that's why I made the distinction I, where I made it with the meat sacrifice to idols. If Joe tells you before you forked over your money, well, you know this is up at the temple. Don't tell me that. I was going to give you money for that meat. Don't tell me these things. Now, once I've already spent the money, I'm eating the food. I'm not just throwing it out because that would just be poor stewardship. At this point, we just got to figure this out. Again, though, am I going to eat it in front of the brother who's thoroughly offended? 
absolutely not. Mm-hmm. You can tell them, you know what, we'll put this away and we'll order a pizza. Could they order a pizza back then? I don't think so. I don't know. There's a church in Rome. <laughs> See? Pizzas are American yes. inventions, though. <laughs> It'd be all right. Yeah. I mean, they weren't getting Chinese takeout, but you know. <laughs> church hadn't got that far yet. Right. You got to wait till about the 1800s to get to that. <laughs> Come on. These are church history jokes. This is yeah, funny. I know it. So you have to make your distinctions based on what's going on and who you are and why you're doing what you're doing. But Christian, start making some distinctions. Because we've pointed out a thousand times, the world doesn't get better. Well, I think there's a whole lot of uninformed people. Um, ignorance is bliss. Oh, yeah. They don't want to know. And sometimes but you don't get that option. Well, not in these... Oh, man. Yeah. You, you don't get that option all the time. Well, and, and look, mean, and I'm sympathetic because we have more information than we ever wanted. And I'm stuck having to make evaluations on things I don't even want to know about. Right. But at the same token... When I'm given the basics of my information, i got to do something with it. And the ignorance is bliss crowd is a too often willfully ignorant. Right. Like, if you don't know, God bless you. You don't know. I'm okay with that. But if you're willfully turning a blind eye to the events of this world, that's a bigger problem. Because you are stuck walking in the world. Mm. And if you're not paying attention to your walk, you will be stuck walking with the world. I don't want that for you. You don't want that for you. Paul doesn't want that for you, and the Holy Spirit doesn't want that for you. Which is, again, why I said, if you're not doing the thinking work, be prepared to live on that discipline side of Hebrews 12 a lot. Mm -hmm. Because God loves you enough to go, no, you don't get to keep doing this. We're going to fix this. So either get to work or get to hurt. Mm -hmm. And that's just because of the loving, gracious discipline of God. I want you to avoid that. I don't want to spank my kids. I want my kids to do what I tell them. But when they don't do what I tell them, and there's not a good reason they haven't done what I've told them, then there's got to be some form of discipline so that they will learn to live into right submission to the proper God-given authorities. Because if they can't follow the Father that they can see, they have no chance of following the Father that they don't see. It's almost like somebody wrote that down somewhere. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, John talks about, you know... uh if you can't love your neighbor whom mm-hmm. you can see, yeah. how are you supposed to even say that you can love God? And this is, this is why this matters. So again, if you're, going to be, if you're sitting there being willfully ignorant, you don't get that option. Yeah. You live in a world, you have to make sure you are walking contra to the world, mm-hmm. walking away from the world systems and dealing. So again, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. Mm-hmm. Shine the light. That starts with you knowing where you're going. That starts with you knowing why you're going that way and you knowing why what they're doing is wrong. Now, again, your mileage may vary. You know, taxes and fees will be extra. But at the same time, evaluate where your line is and why your line is there. And if you can't square where your line is with Scripture, you know what you got to do? You got to move your line. Yeah. You You got to move it. Yeah, for sure. Because that's part of your sanctification. So... I think, th- I think the great punchline on this is read Ephesians 5. You will be blessed for it. Be careful about this world because if you're not, again, you will fall into bad patterns so quickly and so easily that you don't, won't even realize you've done it. Again, this is Romans 7 that we talked about earlier. So you have to be thinking. You have to be evaluating. You have to be consciously walking by faith. Did we miss anything? I don't think so. 
All right. I don't think so. I think we did good. So what have we learned here today, children? Worldly entanglements have consequences. Isn't that the truth? We must be wary of our institutions. What do we trust? God and God alone. And our holiness is in Christ, and it is built from the ground up. Thinking about who you are and why you are. So, check out Ephesians 5. Check out 2 John. Think through your life. Think through your decisions. Evaluate rightly. Until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye. Bye.